The Rookie is a free serialized audiobook meant for mature audiences. Written and performed by number one New York Times best-selling novelist Scott Sigler. For links to order a young adult version of this book without all the cussing, in print, ebook, or audiobook, visit scottsigler.com slash the rookie one word. This podcast contains mature situations, adult language, and lots and lots of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, friendly neighborhood junkie. I hope that you are having as much fun this week as I am having while I finish up Shakedown, book one of The Crypt. I am so, so close. I had the editor's draft. I'm done with that. I had three review drafts by my three military advisors. I'm done with those. I had the continuity edit review by Big John Viscara, Sigler vs. Continuity Czar. I'm done with that. And now, my friends... I'm in the home stretch. I am addressing the final comments I made in the manuscript during my final review of all of the drafts I just mentioned. And then, of course, the final spell check. Junkie, when you make up as many words as I do for a book, and then you have ADHD issues that I have, which makes you misspell the words you made up as often as I do, spell check can take more than one full day. In fact, I've literally had Microsoft Word spell check quit on me during this phase of an edit. I am not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I am not making this up. In one manuscript, I had MS Word say, we found too many misspellings in this document, so spell check will now stop working for this document. And it turned itself off for the whole Manuscript, and I'm all like, uh, what? Don't I use you to check my spelling? Microsoft Word was not having it, not having one moment of that bunk. Anyway, I am super pumped to be in the vinegar strokes of finishing this draft. Let's get back to the rookie and let me get you caught up on the story so far. And then we're all going to go eat tacos and drink a bunch of beer. Previously on The Rookie. The Krakens have won five games in a row, moving from last place all the way to second place. If they are victorious in their final regular season game, they win the Quith Irradiated Conference and move on to the Tier 2 playoffs. If they win there, Ionath is destined for Tier 1, the highest levels of professional football. To win that fifth game, Quentin had to rally his team to pay off Don Pine's gambling debt to Mopook the Sneaky, an underling of team owner Greedock the Splithead. Can the Krakens get that final win and have their shot at the big time? Find out next on The Rookie, episode number 23. Week 8 League Roundup, courtesy of Galaxy Sports Network. The impossible comeback looks possible, but which quarterback will lead the INF Krakens 6-2 into their final regular season game against the Quith Survivors 3-5? The Krakens' musical chairs quarterbacking continued this week with a 38-28 win over the Glory Warpigs 6-2. Rookie quarterback Quentin Barnes started the game, but couldn't handle the pressure of Warpigs' top-rated defensive secondary. Veteran Donald Pine led the Krakens to the win. 
After a one and two start, the Krakens have won five straight and now need to beat the survivors to win the Quith Irradiated Conference title. Orbiting Death, five and three, pounded the Big Diggers, three and five, by a score of 31 17. The Grontak Hydras, four and four, topped the Sky Demolition, one and seven, 21 to 12, and the Sheb Stalkers, five and two, defeated the Quith Survivors, three and five, by a score of 17 to 10. The Wittok Pioneers trounced the Wu Wall Crawlers, 52-3. Deaths. No deaths to report this week. Week 8 Players of the Week. Offense. Mayville. Receiver. Glory Warpigs. 12 catches for 191 yards and 3 touchdowns. Defense. Sven Dropner. Outside linebacker. Quiz Survivors. 12 tackles and 2 sacks. Week 9 Quiz Irradiated standings are as follows. Ionath Krakens. 6-2. First place. Glory Warpigs, 6-2, second by tiebreaker. Orbiting Death, 5-3. Wittuck Pioneers, 5-3. Sheb Stalkers, 5-3. Grontak Hydras, 4-4. Four four. Quiz Survivors and Big Diggers, both at 3-5. The Woo Wall Crawlers at 2-6. And, and the Sky Demolition at 1-7. Check out the newly revised GalacticFootballLeague.com for league stats and a historical timeline of the Galactic Football League. They might as well have been preparing for a gladiatorial fight to the death, or perhaps a pitched battle to save their own families. That's how intense it felt as the Krakens practiced for the final regular season game against the Quith survivors. There had been smiles and jokes and hard work and intensity as the Krakens crawled from one and two and fought their way into first place. But the smiles and the jokes were gone. The Krakens had fought too long and too hard to grab sole possession of first and weren't about to take a team lightly simply because of a 3-5 and five record. Hokor gave the starting job to Pine. Quentin was mad as fuck, jealous, enraged, and ejected. But after his performance against the Warpegs, he couldn't really blame Hokor. The difference this time, however, was that Quentin and Pine evenly split all practice reps. After the second practice, with two more to go before game time, Quentin, for one, was glad he was not a Quith survivor. Later that night, they'd take the shuttle up to the touchback and depart for planet Quith, seat of the Quith Concordia and home of the survivors. As Quentin peeled off his armor after practice, Masal the Efficient waddled over to him. The Quith workers stood there, waiting to be addressed. What is it? Quentin hated how the workers were so subservient they wouldn't speak unless spoken to. Greedock wishes to see you. Quentin's blood ran ice cold. Greedock hadn't talked to him since that first shuttle trip from the combine to the touchback. Well, what does he want? As I said, Greedock wishes to see you. Quentin nodded. Tell him I'll be right up as soon as I finish dressing. I'm sorry, Mr. Bonds, but he's not here. He's in town. I am to take you to him immediately. Quentin took a deep breath. In town. Greedock wasn't even on the touchback. Had he found out about the team-wide smuggling effort? Or far worse, had he found out about Pine? Come on, Masal, give me a hint. What's this all about? I'm afraid it's not my place to say, sir. Masal gave a little subservient bow. All right, man, let me shower up first. If I may be so bold, I might suggest you skip the shower and come with me immediately. Greedock seemed agitated. Agitated. Yes, sir. Agitated. That could not be good. Quentin had never seen Greedock angry, 
or agitated. He quickly finished removing his armor and threw on pants and a Kraken sweatshirt. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The hover cab stopped in front of the bootleg arms. Ah, shit. Virak the Mean was waiting by the front door. He walked forward as soon as the cab stopped. Virak's eye showed a thin coloring of translucent pink. Greedock is inside. Come with me. Quentin thought of running for it, but where would he go? He was in an alien city. He knew only his teammates and a handful of diehard Purist Nation citizens. He could easily outrun Virak, but where after that? This was Greedock's city. Virak was also apparently in trouble, because pink was the color of fear. All right, big man, let's go. They walked inside. Quentin couldn't help but think of the parallels to the last time he'd been here. Massal led the way this time, instead of Tcad the groveling. Virak was with him once again but this time they were side by side. The bar was empty. Somehow Quentin knew that it would be. They walked past the dance floor and into the back room. Greedock sat comfortably in Mopuk's chair. Two quith warriors Quentin didn't recognize stood on either side of them, each holding a gun. Hello, Quentin. I think you remember Mopuk. Greedock gestured to the table. The strange, insect-like creatures filled one half of the table, separated from the other end by a glowing force field. The bugs kept running at the force field and were constantly thrown backwards by some small shock. After every blast, they ran forward again, only to be shocked again. Inside the other end of the table lay Mopuk the Sneaky, bound tight. His eye glowed the bright, neon pink of pure terror. Yeah, of course I remember him. I am not happy with you, Quentin. You or your teammates. Quentin just looked at Greedock. He wasn't about to volunteer any information. You used my team to smuggle a large shipment of goods. I don't want that to happen again. Quentin nodded. I've learned that Donald Pine was throwing games. My, 
games. I doubt it. He's a great quarterback. Don't lie to me. Your body heat and pulse tell me when you are lying. Greedock's fur raised slightly. Quentin had seen Hokor angry, all puffed up like a little furball. But Greedock's fur had always lain flat and smooth. Look, the problem's been solved. We took care of it as a team. You solved nothing. Greedock pointed to Mopuk. This, this, yakachat caused my team to lose. Mopuk jerked and kicked, trying to break free. I'm sorry, Shamagath. Please, give me a chance to make it up to you. Be quiet. But Shamagath, I swear it was a mistake. I- Greedock's pedipalp reached for a small button built into the tabletop, and Mopuk fell instantly silent. This weak one has already told me everything. So do not lie to me again, Quentin. Was Don Pine throwing games? Quentin thought for a moment, then nodded. Was this one responsible for that? Greedock's pedipalp tapped on the table glass, right next to the button. Quentin nodded again. Greedock pressed the button. The force field dissipated, and the ever-attacking bug-like creatures swarmed over Mopuk, covering his legs and stomach in the blink of an eye. He started to scream as the living carpet swept up his chest and onto his face, but the scream choked as dozens crawled into his mouth. His jaws clamped shut, sending squirts of yellow bug blood against the inner glass. His mouth stayed shut only a second. He opened it to scream again, and more poured into the opening. He jerked and thrashed against his bindings, his body lurching against the strong glass, smashing more of the creatures against the smooth surface, streaking it with blobs of dripping yellow and bits of crushed body parts. The table shook with his jerking pain, but it did not break. Oh, my high one. It looks like he's shrinking. Quentin realized the bugs were draining Mopuk of fluid, like a swarm of demonic mosquitoes. Mopuk's kicks and lurches slowed. He had one more panicked burst of twitches, then he slowed again, and finally stopped. The bugs kept swarming over him, a shimmering bodysuit of living death. This is what happens to those who betray me. Greedock looked quite satisfied with himself. If you keep information from me, I will be angry. But for now, I am pleased with your resourcefulness. I think you handled the situation much as I would have. You will be the starter this week against the survivors. I am not happy with my bodyguard, who abandoned his main duties in favor of his place on the team. Virak will perform Giris as an example to others in my organization. Giris? What the fuck is that? The pinkness deepened in Virak's eye. Giris is ritualistic suicide. I will kill myself while the others watch. To prove my loyalty to my Shamakov. Kill yourself? Are you fucking nuts? You're a starting linebacker. Come on, Greedock. He didn't know you'd be this mad. He was just trying to help the team. Greedock said nothing. I knew exactly what would happen if we were discovered. I knew the consequences, and I am prepared to pay the price. Clinton stared, first at Virak, then at Greedock, then back. Virak had known helping Pine might bring about his own death. Yet he helped anyway. That all-too-familiar temper starting to burn at the back of his brain. Quentin turned to Greedock. And what about Pine? Pine will suffer a fate very similar to Mopuk. No, he won't. Greedock stared at him. Are you refusing my orders? Yeah, I am. I'm a football player. 
Donald Pine is a football player. Virak the Mean is a football player. Those two betrayed me. I don't give a rat fuck what they did. Those two are my teammates. Quentin, did you not hear me? I said that you are the starting quarterback. These two do not concern you. Virak stays on the team. Pine stays on the team. No one dies. Greedock leaned forward. Who do you think you are talking to? I am your Shamakath, you insolent human. You're the team owner. You're not my Shamakath. Greedock's fur ruffled out to full length. He looked like a little black puffball. I don't bother getting all pissy. You do anything to Pine or Virac dies and I walk. Do you understand what that means? You walk? You, you mean you quit? Do you think that I cannot get another quarterback? Not like me, baby. Quentin slowly shook his head from side to side. There isn't anyone like me and you know it. Never was, never will be. And I walk now, greedy, right this second. That means your starter against the Quith survivors is Itzak. Do you think Itzak can win that game? Yes, yes he can. The Quith survivors are three and five. We can beat them without you. Quentin nodded. Maybe. But can he win in the playoffs? Can he beat the Texas Earthlings? Can he beat the undefeated Chillich Spider Bears? Greedock's eye turned a deep, iridescent black. You remember the playoffs, don't you, Greedy? You know that thing we need to reach Tier 1? Greedy, don't you want to win and move to Tier 1? Greedock's petty palps trembled. You smelly human. You don't even really understand who you're talking to. Sure I do. I'm talking to the team owner. I'm not in your mob, Greedock. I'm a football player. And I'm not disrespecting you in any way. I promise you that. I'm telling you the way it's going to be with my team. Or I catch the first liner back to purest nation space. And what if I put you inside this table right now? Quentin shrugged. Then I die a miserable death. A lot of screaming, a lot of kicking. But you know what? You still lose. You don't reach tier one. It's that simple. So here's the deal. Pine plays. Virac plays. In fact, Virac is so damn good. Why don't you get some of your other monkey boys to do your muscle work? He needs to concentrate on the survivors and on the tournament. So it's your call, greedy old boy. What's it going to be? Greedock's eyes swirled black hole black then slowly faded to clear. He stared at Quentin for a full minute, then finally spoke. Hackett, Jokat, he said to the guards on either side of him. See these two football players out. But know this, Quentin. Your deal lasts only as long as you keep winning. If you don't make Tier 1, you and I will settle up. Quentin stared, then winked. We're going to the top, boss. You can bank on it. If only he felt as confident as he sounded. Now alone, Greedock the Splithead sat in the bootlegger arms for several minutes. He contemplated the scenario, unlike any he'd been through in a long, long time. Greedock had controlled countless sentience over the years, everything from Key to Sklorno to Lee Key, even a dolphin or two and hundreds of Quith leaders, the most intelligent, controlling beings in the known universe. And, of course, humans. Many humans. 
Humans were often the easiest to control because they were so poorly trained at hiding their emotions. Quith leaders had the obvious tell, their ever-shifting eye color. But Quith leaders aspiring for power quickly learned how to repress those color changes or even consciously manipulate them. Those who didn't, well, they didn't last that long. Human tells, however, were much more difficult to control. Body heat, heart rate, pupil dilation, alpha waves, respiration. A trained quith leader could read all of those tells. Knowing your opponent's true intentions, that was what the game was all about. Knowing what was important to them, knowing what they couldn't live without, knowing when they were lying. Quentin Barnes had not been lying. The young human had been willing to walk away from the Krakens, from the GFL, to protect a quith warrior he barely knew. To protect a man that had thrown games, a man that had betrayed the team, the entire sport. And nothing was more important to Quentin than the sport of football. That fact was obvious in every tell. With Pine out of the way, Quentin became the permanent starting quarterback, the thing he claimed he'd wanted all his life. But he would put all that on the line until he got his way. What could compel a human to do something that was so contrary to his best interest? The answer seemed obvious. Loyalty. Quentin Barnes was loyal to a fault, loyal to the point he'd throw his own future away to protect a friend. In Greedock's world, loyalty often went to the highest bidder, or at least to the Shemekath that provided the most opportunities for advancement and wealth and power. Greedock looked at the shriveled shape of Mopuk, drained of fluid. His fur lay in ugly clumps at the bottom of the glass table. Fat shushaliks, newly bloated with Mopuk's blood, moved lazily through the piles of fur. Mopuk had claimed to be loyal. That brand of loyalty, the brand with which Greedock was most familiar, lasted only until the next potential payday. Quentin Barnes's loyalty. Well, that was another story. That kind of loyalty, Greedock could put to good use. If the Krakens could win two more games, if they could reach the elite ranks of Tier 1, Greedock would find a way to use that loyalty indeed. The touchback shuddered out of punch space. Quentin let out his long-held breath in a slow, steady exhale. He'd made it yet again. The anxiety was the same, but this time, he wasn't hiding in his room. He stood on the viewing deck, standing next to Virak the Mean. Flying scares you, Quentin? It's not the flight. It's the punch-out. Quentin looked at the view screens, amazed at the sight of the Quith homeworld. They'd arrived on the nighttime side, yet there wasn't one dark patch to be seen. Every last square mile seemed covered with the soft glow of civilization. High one. Is the whole planet covered? There is no more open land, nor much open water. Seventy-two billion. The population of Quith seemed so staggering, Quentin had to say it out loud just to appreciate it. Now you understand why we expand. We either find new worlds or stop breeding, and that is not an option. They said nothing more, simply stared at the overpopulated planet. The purest nation planets were relatively unpopulated. Earth, however, was at 18 billion and counting. He wondered how long it would be until Earth, 
like the Quith homeworld, was just one big city without boundaries or borders. You have been listening to The Rookie, book one of the Galactic Football League series. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. For more information on the author and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon, superweaponband.com. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.